you're probably going to have to bid pretty high just to get their attention. So this is Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast. It's episode 69. You're listening to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks at Response Suite. So then, Sunshine, how's that treadmill? How's that treadmill going? It's not going very well, mainly because it's imaginary. <laughs> it's not as easy as AJ Wilcox makes it look, is it? It really isn't. Hi, this is Rob and Kennedy Hello. from Response Suite. We interviewed AJ Wilcox and we're going to talk all things LinkedIn, but the big surprise was when the video pops on at the beginning of the recording and it looks like he's running towards me. But not getting any closer or bigger. Because AJ, the main man himself, works standing up, not just a stand-up desk, but standing up on a treadmill. He walks, he say, 13 miles a day. Oh, it was something ridiculous. Because we talked about it being like part of a marathon or something. And I was like, wow. I mean, what a guy. I'm really inspired. I've got to say, I'm thinking about Do getting one. Yeah, I have I think to I'll say, get one. Yeah. the only problem is we didn't plan this very well. I say very well. We didn't plan this at all. Uh, but you were making very deep, heavy breathing noises right after we did a 69 drill. Did we do a 69 joke? At the top of the episode. so immature. So immature. <laughs> so immature. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. So, um, AJ said, like, I said, why aren't you getting any closer? And he said, oh, don't worry. I'm going to turn the, the, turn the treadmill off when we start the proper recording. But like, yeah, what a machine. I mean, and what just, a great guy and full of knowledge. He dropped some amazing knowledge about how to do LinkedIn ads. Because be, the truth is, I mean, I've, I've never I've, even looked at it. Well, I've looked at it and I gave it a whirl and I've spoken to a few friends of mine who are in that sort of social media space and said, what do you think? And they've all said, yeah, it's just not very good. But the thing is, it's a real testament to the idea of, yes, they're more expensive, but they're more qualified. It's a bit like if you buy a mailing list and it's a kind of lukewarm sort of general list, it's going to be a fairly cheap list in terms of per, per entry. Whereas if you get something super qualified, like it's people who do exactly what you want, that's a harder list to come by. That's a harder list for the company to refine. So you're going to pay a bit more for it. Right. And that makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. And also, I mean, there are definitely other benefits to being on LinkedIn. For example, if you're B2B, yeah. you know pretty much everybody on there is in a B2B sort of environment. Yes. Um, whereas when you're on Facebook, all right, there's loads of people who have businesses, who work for businesses, but... They're also mixed in amongst loads of people who don't. Yeah, people who, are who otherwise might look like them in targeting. Yes. And especially at the sort of woolier edges of your targeting. Sure. But also the fact that they're not really there to do business. They're there to look at pictures of their friends and all that stuff. So you also sort of paying for a premium that LinkedIn's kind of stripped out all of, a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really yeah. I, I think the thing is you, you are in that business mindset. You're doing business networking. It's quite interesting. Some of our friends are experimenting with this sort of campaign at the moment around, is it okay to share personal content on LinkedIn? Yeah. And it's interesting to see some of my friends that saying, yeah, I think we should because it's about becoming what you and I call becoming 3D. I'd say, oh, this is my family and this is the thing and building trust, which we've talked about a few times. But I'm a bit worried about it. Like, I don't want to log into. LinkedIn end up with the Facebook experience because I log into Facebook for the Facebook experience and I love that. And I love that I get to log into Twitter for the Twitter experience. But when I log into LinkedIn, I want the LinkedIn experience, you know, and I want to make sure that when I log in there, I'm like, I can, I'm getting inspirational stuff about my business, not inspirational stuff about, oh, wouldn't that be a great place to go on holiday? If I want that, I want to make sure I know which channel I go to, to receive that thing. So for me, as a person who likes to put things quite deliberately in the boxes, I, uh, 
I, I'm, I'm a bit worried about that movement and it'll be interesting to see how that works. And it's probably not, it's probably going to be absolutely fine. And it's my usual level of paranoia go, but no, it's different, man. Stop it. That's not the first time you've been worried about your movement. <laughs> All right. So uh, by the way, before we go any further, I want to read out one, another one of these fabulous reviews we've been receiving. So I'm going to just pull up the magic of it. Jackie, Rob, do you want to, do you want to stretch your microphone all the way around here? And maybe you can read it out because I'm sure they're very <coughs> sick of hearing my, my little voice. Yeah, indeed. So this is from uh, Fred T. Parsons. Hi, Fred. Thank you for being a new listener. He said, Rob and Kennedy are very creative and very funny. Because of their work as magicians, hypnotists, and mind readers, these guys look at the world a bit differently than the typical marketer. They elicit great insights from their podcast guests, especially regarding tips and tactics for marketing online. If you want to generate new ideas while having fun, this podcast is for you. Fred, this podcast is for you, my friend. If you are a brand new listener, just like Fred, please head over to wherever it is you get your podcast from. Leave us a review and we will read it out and give you a name check on the net, on one of the upcoming episodes. We'd absolutely love to do it. So it's, and it's always just great to hear. Like It's really weird. Obviously, Rob and I have a great laugh having a bit of chat here, doing this preamble bit. We have a lovely time with the guests and getting to know and making some great new friends with them. I'll have a bit of chat at the end. But really, we do this for you. We do this to make sure that you have a nice time, you have some fun, but also you learn some really actionable stuff. So it's really good to hear, rather than us just shouting into like a black hole into outer podcast space land, it's really good to know what you really enjoy. So if there's an episode that you particularly liked, you got a lot out of, you particularly enjoyed a segment of the show, let us know that in your, in your review. Pop over there and we'll give you a, a verbal high five. Outer podcast space land sounds like a really shit theme park. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to outer podcast space land. I can picture the little character mascot thing. What does he look like? I think if Response Week ever dries up, that's what we're going to do. We're going to launch outer podcast space this little, little kid in a spaceship. You say I this, yet you know that when we ever go to the, the carnival, the fairground theme parks mm. with our girlfriends, we're the ones standing holding the bags while the girls get hurtled around in the air. Mm. But yes, when we were, the last time we went to the fun fair, uh-huh. there were the waltzers, I don't know if that's what it's called globally, but in the UK it's called the waltzers, cups that spin round and then spin round each other. But fast. Fast, on like an angle. Um, that was happening. And just as we walked past it, because we weren't getting on the damn thing, just as we walked past it, they were having to do an emergency evacuation. There was a fight. There was punches and there was blood, swearing. These two women. Yes. Yes. Battering living shit out of each other. Yes. And they got off. We didn't pay extra for that at all. They did continue the fight shortly after they got off the ride. And we did. And we stood and watched. I said, let's move closer. <laughs> do you remember? Where's that jello? Anyway. <laughs> We do have a great episode. Uh, Before we get week, into it, what's that? Don't forget me quote. No, I was about to do the little transition. That was my little transition. Oh. I, thought <laughs> <it was. laughs> I thought you might be transitioning. Okay, right. Let's go back to that. <laughs> let's go do that. Before we do that, we're going to go to Rob's all-important and never forgotten quote of the week. That was so unexpected. Uh, so, as they say, boxes that don't open contain no nonsense. Let that pop that in your hat and smoke it, eh? In your pipe and smoke it. Hat and smoke it. You can't smoke a hat. Make sure that you share that quote with somebody close to you today. Yeah, just just pop it in. Do you know you don't know pop, what they're going through. Slide that quote straight into their DMs now. No explanation. Fa- yeah, that's it. Just pick your favorite person in the world and send them that quote. 
Boxes that don't open contain no nonsense. I hope somebody and does Encourage this. them to share it with their friends. Do us a favor. Take a screenshot of the repl- response. We're going to start a new tweet. game called The Emperor's New Quotes. <laughs> Take a screenshot of their immediate response, regardless of what they say. So just bang that out in the DMs and, you know, on Facebook, whatever it's going to be, right? On, on Instagram. And take a screenshot Saw of the this people's and responses. Of not even that, just like bang it in there and then tweet us the response or, or, or obviously tag us on Instagram at response suite. I would love to see what that, what that is. Right. So let's talk about the web class we've got coming up, Rob. Yeah. So one of the things that we do, apart from all this nonsense, is over a period of time, we have got really, really massively addicted to email marketing, right? I mean, just the ability you have to log into your email platform, type a few words, hit send, and watch money pop in. I know that sounds dead hypey, but it's true. It's the closest thing we have to building this internet lifestyle element of our business. It's the closest thing it gets. And the bang for book or bang for a minute invested, it's just the best possible return we've ever seen. But it is getting harder to do it the old-fashioned way. Like response rates are going down, engagement's going down, unsubscribe rates are going up, and we're all just okay with it. Mm, yeah, we're all accepting that like lovely, oh, it's the industry standards dropped. Hang on, why? Uh, yeah, exactly. That uh, means we're all cocking it up. So if you'd like to cock it up less, uh, we've got a really cool strategy. We actually used to double our sales, right? two times as many sales with emails by actually sending less emails technically uh, and doing some interesting stuff. A little bit disruptive, but very cool. So we're hosting a free web class all about it where we're going to share the three kind of big tips that make up this magic campaign you can take and run. Uh, Disclaimer, not real magic. And then um, you can register for the webinar for free. Just head over to responsesuite.com forward slash webinar. And I promise there's far less frivolity and stupidity than there is here marginally (laughs) (laughs) but we've laid down some amazing tactics that we've been working on amazing did I say where to go responsesweek.com slash webinar responsesweek.com slash webinar that's where to go loving that anyway we've got a certain young man standing in the wings he's going to be out of breath if we don't hurry up I know stop the treadmill AJ AJ welcome to three marketers walk into a podcast how's it going I'm doing great today. Thanks for asking. Awesome. We're so pleased to have you here. Look, I know you said you wanted to talk to us about LinkedIn ads and I've, I've given them a whirl. I've given them a shot myself. and I just feel like I just threw loads of money down the drain. I've spoken to a load of pals when they knew that we were going to be hanging out again today. And they said, what? Nobody gets these things to work. What's, where are you at with it? Like, can, have you been able to make these things work? Oh, so hostile. You got to start me off on the defensive. Yeah, I'm just, oh, I'm going to be like, I'm going to get this guy in a corner. I'm going to make you work. <laughs> All right, I, I got to swing my way out of here. I know you had a similar journey, right? Yes, that's exactly right. So LinkedIn ads, as, as I think most marketers have come to understand, they're really expensive, especially when you compare them to Facebook ads mm-hmm. uh, or any other social platform, really. And so I, I think the beauty of both Facebook and Google is that they started out with really low costs. So on Google, you know, you could pay at the beginning five cents a click and on Facebook, it was always CPM, but you could get like, you know, under a cent per click right there towards the beginning. And then what happened is everyone went out and told their friends, this works amazingly well, you know, come join it, come also share in the success. And so the competition grew uh, through just grassroots, you know, people having success and telling their friends. LinkedIn really never had that because they started their prices high. They've always said no one will ever pay less than $2 per click. Um, 
so because of that, LinkedIn hasn't really been in the limelight very much. No one has had a ton of success and gone and told their friends. But what we found is that the targeting is perfect for B2B and also for recruiting and also for, you know, higher education types of offers. Mm. And so the, the, you know, the targeting is something you can't get anywhere else at the scale that you can't get anywhere else. And, um, so because of that, people have come and kind of forced themselves to have success. And some people like me kind of got it accidentally. Right. So we really want to speak to you specifically because I love that. Okay. They've had the, the, they've had the balls basically to say, Hey, $2 minimum per thing. They're sort of like putting themselves in that sort of high flyers club. I love that. I kind of respect that about them, but of course it's easy for anybody who's, who were back in the golden days of, of Google or maybe even Facebook saying, Hey, we can get them for like a center click. And I, I totally get it. I totally get it. Today we want to specific, specifically hone in on how we might use these LinkedIn ads to actually get people to come along to our webinars. I know loads of us are selling stuff through webinars. So is that a good fit? First of all, Yes, absolutely a great fit. We see, I mean, I talk to a lot of marketers who go, Oh, come on. Does anyone even like join webinars anymore? But they do. <laughs> they keep doing it. Webinars are one of those assets that there's traditionally a little bit more friction. Like you're asking someone to take 60 minutes in the middle of a busy day. Mm. Um, and, you know, maybe some people don't like the format because it requires your full attention. But when we offer them, we tend to see people signing up at great rates. And obviously, once you've listened to someone for 60 minutes, you you know, get a, an inkling of whether you know, like, and trust them or not. And so conversion rates, uh, or sorry, uh, close rates tend to be higher on those customers who've attended a webinar. So I think that's a great asset to start out with. Okay. Now, when it comes to the other ads platforms that, for example, certainly we are more familiar with sure. here, um, there's become more and more, more and more campaigning around an ad. In other words, you would say it used to be just a case of you'd create an ad, you send somebody to the webinar registration page, page and everything's done. Nowadays, it's become a bit more like, well, no, you need to show them some content first and start to build an audience of people who are engaged and then take those people and they'll start to see something else. And then, you know, you'll turn up at their front door and knock on the door and say, would you like to come to a webinar? You got more complicated. Is that the same thing with, with LinkedIn or are we in a place where actually you just display an ad and, and take them straight to the webinar registration page? Yeah, on LinkedIn, we're a little bit limited. We have to send someone right to something with, uh, with a registration page. And okay. the reason why is because while you have the, this benefit on Facebook of low initial cost and really solid retargeting technology, LinkedIn doesn't have those. So if I'm going to be paying 6 to $9 a click to, to get someone onto, onto my website, whether it's a blog post or whether it's a demo request or anything in between, um, if I have to pay that much anyway, I'm going to choose to send someone to something that I at least get their information sure. rather than you know, view a piece of my content. So okay. if LinkedIn were cheaper, I would say, yes, absolutely. The same Facebook nurture strategy would work, but because it's not, we kind of have to cut right to the chase and business users tend to be in a hurry anyway. So mm. most of the time, you know, it's going to work. And do you find that in terms of the offer to move people from LinkedIn, showing them a sponsored post, showing them an ad, can we move them straight into a webinar? Because I know on other platforms that used to work, but now we have to put a bit of content in the middle, get them on our list first and then offer a webinar. Yeah. Uh, we tend to see conversion rates like sign up rates to a webinar between about 12 and 25%, depending on the topic. Okay. And, and of course we know on webinars, half of the people are, are going to no show. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you do the math, you're probably up to like a $60 kind of per 
uh, per registrant for webinars, sometimes higher, sometimes lower. Um, but in the case of where you have a really high customer lifetime value, then that can work really well. Uh, if you're selling a product that costs $50 a month, maybe that's not going to work for you to, to get webinar registrants at that price. I can see that. What, see that. what I think is really cool here is <laughs> this is going to be a really settling ground, I think, for us to say, okay, great. Well, you know what I was thinking about without listening to this, I was thinking about trying LinkedIn ads. And then you might go at it and go, oh, $60 to get somebody on a webinar. No, thank you. I'm not very good at this. <laughs> Whereas actually just as a starting point, I think, to come out of this episode for somebody listening to it or us and say, well, do you know what? Now, now we know that's what to expect. Now we can work on numbers. Based but doesn't it just put it in perspective, the whole thing about everyone focuses on the ad and the ad and the ad. But for us, we often like to refocus people and say, but what about the offer? Like the ad yes. cost you 60 bucks to make, to make the sale. But then you've got to focus on like making the lifetime customer value. Yeah, it might take you two months. Look, in the software industry, I would take two months to get a return on ad spend any day of the week. I'll snap your hand off because in SaaS, in the software business, like most businesses are looking at 9, 12, 18, 24 months before they make a return on ad spend. So 60 sounds like a deal. <laughs> That's right. And especially if you've got a really buttoned up uh, sales and nurture process afterwards, you get someone on a webinar where they're, they're becoming to know, like, and trust you. They get some insight. You know, you've provided them some benefit. They get insight into how you work and then they're going to have a higher close rate. So uh, right. it seems like, like a no brainer to me. Right. So there's kind of a few different things to think about in terms of the actual ad we put together on the platform to get somebody onto our webinar. Let's go down that rabbit hole. We'll keep it specific on the old webinar thing for this episode because we'll have you back in the future and talk about another strategy. But let's nice. do that. So, <laughs> uh, so let's talk about, there's obviously, there's, there's the copy, there's the creative, like the, the video or the image or whatever. And then of course, there's the actual offer itself. And then you've got the targeting. So let's, let's, let's kind of make it nice and wide and begin with which, so we've, well, our offer is probably going to be a webinar. So we've kind of got that nailed, lovely jubbly. So what we're going to do after that is we're going to try and figure out who to target. If anybody is new perhaps to, have, to, to the LinkedIn platform, hasn't had to play around, give us just a quick overview so we've got some context in our head of what the targeting options are we have within there when we get inside. Ooh, let me preface this by saying that the targeting is the reason we are willing to pay LinkedIn prices. The targeting is amazing. We can target by job title, which most people race to, but it's higher competition because of that. So it might, it might be the first thing you try or it may, might not be. But we can also target what department someone works in, what skills they have on their profile, the individual group names that they're members of, oh. company size, company name for account-based marketing, company industry. And I've only listed about a quarter of everything out there. Wow. There's a ton more. Well, of course, because if you're targeting somebody who's based on their employment, like you're targeting, I don't know, marketing managers or something like that, then that information, of course, is in LinkedIn, where it's probably not on, like, try doing that on Instagram. That's trickier, isn't it? Like, exactly. it's data, but it's kind of a guess. Yeah, and it's going to be on, on those other platforms. There are people who will say that their job description is, you know, CEO at the University of Life and stuff, where now that, you know, that's, <laughs> now, that's now going to be treated, instead of as a joke, it's now going to be treated legitimately. Whereas on LinkedIn, you're actually looking at, like, people's, effectively, people online. CV. Yeah, what's, what's the noise that you make for rolling your eyes? <laughs> the sound of a banging pan is you roll your eyes so hard that your head hits the wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's you've, got, you've got a lot more going on there. So that's really interesting. You've got all that kind of target. That's awesome. So image, video, text only, what is a good ad creative? 
So obviously you're going to find a great combination of assets over time, but here's where I would recommend starting out. Go with the, the most simple thing you can. So a link to a landing page that you already know how it performs. You have a single image with simple ad copy. And so you've built your ad around the most simple thing you can do. And, uh, along with the core of your audience. So let's, let's say, you know, your product could be used by marketing or CEOs or finance, but you look at it and say, okay, we're going to target just finance because they're the ones who are feeling the pain the most. So you, you focus your core, uh, your core targeting the most simple version of, of ad copy and, and creative you can. Mm -hmm. And then you want to run that for, uh, I like to do three business days cause it's, it's just a good average. Mm -hmm. And if it performs well, then I go, great. We've nailed our combination of audience plus offer. Then we know that they like that offer. Now let's play a little bit more with them. So we can try adding in a video or we can try adding in a carousel ad or, um, you know, other, another image, different ad copy, something like that. But I say just start simple to begin with, gather enough data, and then you can start to uh, wander. What seems to be a fair sort of budget to set for that three day of testing? You know, are we talking $10,000, $1,000? What, what's, what's fair? What's going to work? Well, I like to tell people if you're working with an agency, you probably want to spend somewhere between about three and $5,000 we'll call it 3000 minimum 3000 per month. And the reason why is because after you've spent about $3,000, you tend to, you, sorry, you tend to have statistical significance down to your conversion rates. So it's really nice to pay an agency for one month and say, yes, this works. We can keep going or no, this isn't working. We should shut it down. Um, so if you follow that model, three business days is going to be, you know, somewhere between a hundred to $300 per day. But, that's only if you're paying an agency and you're, you're on some kind of minimum contract. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're doing it by yourself, there's no reason why you couldn't spend all the way down to, you know, 10, 20, $30 a day um, to, to get it. Just make sure that you have enough data that you're not making the call too early. Right. You're a person who's obviously run a load of ads, like shit tons of them. So I'm just wondering like on the old fashioned way or it's still an effective way of a lot of people running ads on like Facebook is to call out to the audience like, Hey marketer or Hey part-time mom or part-time mom. Stay at home mom. -time <laughs> what is that? Oh, my mom was so part-time. And <laughs> <laughs> so my mom was not part-time by the way she was fantastic and she is why am i talking about my mom in the past tense this has all gone horribly wrong hasn't it um, I love you, mom. And this is a therapy session it, all it turns sudden. out can we all sit down and cuddle and, and roll our eyes together <laughs> what is do we call out to the audience do we is, is it an effective strategy on linkedin to do that same old thing of hey call out to the audience or have you, what is a good opener like how do we angle what that creative should be about you know, it's a really good option because your targeting is so good. You can call out to them. It's really embarrassing when you say, Hey, marketers and HR professionals are, are seeing it. Uh, so on LinkedIn, you can do that. We've run tests where we found that to work especially well. And then we found uh, cases where it didn't work at all. And then somewhere it didn't perform well at all. Um, so Anyway, it's, it's just, it's all up to testing, but I would say, you know, when you first launch a campaign, you're probably going to want to have two pieces of ad creative in there just so you're getting some data about what people like and what they don't. I would recommend make one of your variations calling out to the group and another cutting straight to the, you know, here's the problem, here's a benefit. 
Okay, and do you usually with the the, the problem benefit thing? Do you deal like is it is it very similar to the thing that we're familiar with, which is Facebook ads, which is here's like a checklist. Is 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 it is it similar? Because the reason I ask that is it's similar to Facebook in the way that it's interruption marketing. It's not being sought after. It's not like a Google search result ad where people are searching for it with intent. Instead, you are interrupting their flow as they're looking for looking through their their feed. So. What's like a good offer at that point? Yeah, and that's perfect because LinkedIn is very similar to Facebook in this regard. You know it's disruptive, and we know that people on LinkedIn, it's not a destination. They're there for a reason, whereas you might go to Facebook just to scroll and see what your friends are up to. Mm-hmm. Um, so because of that, you cut right to the chase. You respect their time and don't try to get creative with your ad copy. Just tell them, here's the deal. Uh, here's the benefit. So something like this might be, um, uh, hey, marketers, having trouble with your LinkedIn ads, download our free checklist to understand, uh, you know, very quickly, you know, where you're performing and where you can improve. Something like that would probably work very well. You, you, uh, call out to them, you let them know, you know, here's a problem you might be facing. If you are, here's the call to action. And that sort of model tends to work really well. Hmm, very cool. Now, I mean, we've got, we have a webinar. It's a really great webinar. We use it to sell response rate, our SaaS platform, and it's good. We, you know, we deliver 60 minutes of content and then a really good, a really compelling uh, offer. Now, in order to make that webinar worthwhile, in terms of in order to get it to work, like most webinars, we need to have, you know, a certain number of people on, match, actually right? on the webinar itself. So in order to get, I don't know, let's say a hundred people to show up, maybe we need to get 200 people to register. So in terms of somebody listening to this, like us, and we say, right, we've got, we've got a webinar, we're ready to run it. We've done it with Facebook, we've done it with Google, we've done it with affiliates. Now we're going to do it with LinkedIn ads. Obviously, we would need to run the ad for a period of time and spend enough money that we're going to get that many people to register for the webinar in order to get that many people to show up. Does that mean that it's quite difficult to get that much traction over a really short space of time? And therefore, you might be better to do this with like an evergreen webinar and have it running constantly. Or actually, could you say, do you know what, as an event-driven thing, on Friday, we're going to do our webinar. So let's run ads from Monday to Friday. We'll spend 200 times 60 you know, on average, and therefore, we're going to get 200 registrants. How does that work functionally? Yeah, it's a great question. So what we've found is an on-demand webinar, something like give us your information and then watch it at your leisure. Um, That's not going to have a very high conversion rate because there's no fear of missing out. There's no urgency. So I would recommend make sure that it's a live webinar, that there's a make sure you join Thursday at at 1300 to to watch this. Something like that is is going to give you the best shot at success. Um, And then I, I do see that uh, there are quite a few registrations that happen about a month out while the, the people who are planning ahead are getting it on their calendar. And then we see the mass of registrations happen the week before where they say, ooh, it's, it's happening soon. I better pay attention. But the, the two and three weeks before, there's kind of a lull. So if you were... If you are trying to get as many people on your webinar as possible, try to advertise, you know, 30 days before giving everyone a chance to get on. But if you're low on budget or low on time, advertising just that last last seven days can work okay. That's really interesting. I mean, obviously we run Facebook ads to webinars and we found that actually uh, for, for a fa- from a Facebook audience perspective, it's typically like any more than three or four days before the webinar and people who register are going to get bored, forget about it. So that must be an interesting dynamic of the LinkedIn crowd. Yeah, so, so that's good. That's really, a really interesting insight to that, to that way that sort of works in that audience. And once you've done that sort of initial sort of launch of the webinar, you, it's like it's a month out, do you get your little, your mini surge at that point and then turn the ads off? Or do you like just turn them down and let them simmer before you whack the heat up at the end? 
Um, I think it depends a little bit on audience size. So if you're talking to an audience size of call it 1.5 million, you can probably bid all the way down and, and uh, have really cheap leads come in. Uh, obviously, you're not going to be shown to everyone, so you're not going to get a ton of impressions, but maybe you can still spend, spend your budget on the cheapest clicks. But if you're talking to a very small audience, you're probably going to have to bid pretty high just to get their attention. So, you know, depending on what you need efficiency-wise and what group you're talking to, um, you can get... Uh, okay, so in your case here, let's say that you're talking to a very large audience. Yeah, I might bid six, seven, eight dollars per click uh, on you know, the, the week, four weeks out and then the week of, and then during that two and three week on that slow simmer, maybe drop your bids to $5, five fifty, somewhere in there. And if that gets you what you need in terms of, you know, spending your budget and, um, and filling up the webinar with as many people as you want. Great. Uh, if it's not getting you what you need, then adjust accordingly, you know, bid higher, uh, stretch your audience size out a little bit, make sure you're getting as many people as possible. So I think the the next bit for me then is to talk about what the campaign sort of structure looks like, if you like. So for example, in my head, I can very clearly picture a drawing of what a Facebook ads campaign might look like, but I can't do that so much for LinkedIn because we've never really done it. So what does the campaign structure look like in terms of, you know, think equivalent of ad sets and ads? Great. So you have an account, obviously, and then within the account, in the last couple years, they inserted this layer that they called campaign group. All it is is just a logical functional separator, but it does nothing. It's not like you, you bid or budget based off of or, or create audiences based off of it. So sure. just skip that one altogether, move down to the campaign level. At the campaign level, you are defining your audience and your bids and budgets, cool. and then you can stick ads underneath. Okay. So cool. the, it's the equivalent like in, in Facebook is a campaign in LinkedIn. Exactly. Yep. LinkedIn has effectively skipped the whole ad group ad set uh, and attempted to put that layer on top, but it doesn't work. <laughs> Interesting. I think we should interrupt this fine banter for our very first game. Yes. And I want, I'd like, I think AJ should tell us this story about when, about, you, were... About when you were young and you had a little accident to do with a, a sporting game. You know what I'm hinting at? <laughs> I sure do. Do you want to tell us all about it? Yeah. So my mom was, um, my dad wasn't home from work yet. My mom was getting ready to go to, uh, to go teach a class. And so me and my brother were just out on the, on the driveway. We loved basketball at the time. So we were out just shooting some hoops and I got the bright idea. Hey, I really want to, to slam dunk here. Uh, but I'm obviously like six or seven years old or whatever. So I'm too short to do that. So I'm going to go get a bucket and put it underneath the, the basketball hoop and, jump off and so I can slam dunk. Uh, I obviously did a very bad job of this because all I remember is my teeth getting stuck in the net and <laughs> literally hanging from my teeth while my brother, you know, got up on the bucket and tried to unhang me. Uh, my, my teeth were caught on the net. They, uh, my front teeth were pointing like totally forward. It, it pulled oh. the teeth like bent them uh, and blood was flying everywhere. Anyway, my mom did not get to go teach her class that day. Instead, she raced me to the, the dentist and thank goodness everything is great now. Um, 
but my teeth are a little bit sensitive to ice cream. <laughs> no kidding. Oh, I think even just hearing the story, my teeth are now sensitive to ice cream. <laughs> Terrific. And based on that story, we, we heard this story we were talking about. And we were talking about and thinking, how can we come up with a game for AJ? And we've been saying everything. AJ, teeth, basketball. basketball what could it be? <laughs> so this week on Free Marketers Walk It Podcast, we're playing a brand new game. And it's called Got Balls. <laughs> and the, game, the name of the game is we've got 10 obscure, really, well, quite unheard of sports, sports around the world. Sports from around the world. And you've got to guess, it's just a 50-50 chance, whether that sport involves a ball or not a ball. Ooh, I'm about to embarrass myself. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. First one. And by the way, we have to excuse ourselves from any terrible pronunciation we're about to do. So the first one is called Sepak Takro. Think that's got a ball in it or not a ball? Ooh, uh, I'm going to say no ball on this one. It does have a ball. It's Sipak Takro is basically kick volleyball. Whoa, pretty good fun, doesn't it? Like football. Man. Okay, so no point there. Next one, uh, number two is Gaga. No ball. It does have a ball. It's basically Dang football. It. Yeah, just football in a pen. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is called Kabaddi. Okay, I, there's been two with balls so far. I got to say no ball on this one too. Yes, although it was, you got there by logic and nothing else. That's like extreme tag. Do they have tag in the States? I yeah, I think they must be. They must be. Yes. Okay, so uh, next one, I'm going to absolutely crucify the name of this one. Apologize to anybody who's a big big fan of Fjellepen. Fjellepen, maybe? Fjellepen. It looks Fjell... like a very Norwegian word. Yeah, Fjellepen. This one's got a ball. No, it doesn't. It's basically it's pole vault vaulting over water. <laughs> the next one is called Bo Tao Shi. Definitely a ball. Definitely not. It's pole Dang tipping. It. Hundreds of people try and tip over a pole <laughs> of all things. <laughs> is that? The next one, Calcio Storica. Storico. <laughs> This one, by logic, does does have a ball. It does have a ball. And this is basically <laughs> soccer, where you can carry the ball and there's lots of fighting. <laughs> oh, that's my kind of soccer right there. <laughs> the next one is called Buzz Kashi. This does not have a ball. Correct. It's horseback, yes! it's horseback American football, but instead of a ball, they use a goat's carcass. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, poor goat. <laughs> the next one looks like, I, I'm going to guess that's pronounced Teo. It's T-E-J-O. This one does, does have a ball. No. It's, wow. a basic, it's a really big sport in Colombia where they throw rocks at gunpowder. <laughs> beer. That's one of the provisos. You've got to be drinking beer. That's right. Here, here hold my beer and watch this. <laughs> exactly. Uh, this one's called Pesa Palo. This does have a ball. It does, well logic, and it's baseball, but you can sort of zigzag between the bases and the fields, a sort of rectangular shape. And wow. finally, the last one is called Gianzi. No ball here. Correct. Yes. And that's basically where you hit Gianzi is where you have to keep a shuttlecock in the air using anything but your hands. That sounds like it's a really fun game. We're going to be having that on a Friday afternoon at Response Suite. It's time for Gianzi Hour. <laughs> Well that's played, five, sir. Five out of ten. That's five out of ten. That's pretty damn good. It's what the, yeah, it's good. All right, awesome. Uh, bring, bringing this back into the uh, into the LinkedIn ads. So I'm just thinking, we're creating these audiences. First of all, how many sort of dimensions 
or, or layers to the audience are typically acceptable or effective when you're doing this. So obviously, if we're doing it like, you could like do gender or, or, or profession or job title. How many dimensions would you recommend we put in a sort of in a row to create that audience? Well, so as you know, on Facebook, the more uh, targeting criteria you put, the more that you're going to pay is mm -hmm. essentially what they say. Mm -hmm. um, so getting more targeted means you're going to pay more. LinkedIn's auction doesn't really work that way, but what they do is they end up raising the minimum. So let's say I'm targeting just by job function. They might say my bidding floor starts at $4, but if I do job function plus company size, it might go to $450. And then I add, let's say, a seniority and it goes to, um, to $475. So Essentially, you're not going to pay a whole lot more by targeting as long as you're bidding more than just the minimum. Uh, but a lot of times we do end up bidding the minimum because we care about efficiency. So um, right. it, it, it does affect us. And what have so, you found, AJ, in terms of like, how does the, the payoff come between the increased ad cost or the click cost in this case and the actual return in terms of, does it, does it, is, it, is that additional cost outweighed by the conversion usually? Uh, it, it depends for every client. Okay. Um, so if a client comes to us, yeah, let's say they come to us and they say, we're, we're only willing to pay up to $30 per webinar registrant. If we start bidding and, and we're at $6, uh, you know, per, uh, per click and we're over that, then we go, okay, well, let's, let's lower the bid and let, make sure we get under that 30 and we'll find out pretty quick. If we lower our bid from, let's say $6 a click down to five we'll find out pretty quick. Did we cut our traffic in half or did we lose 10% of it? Um, so it, it really is, there's no hard and fast rule. You just got to test. Hmm. There's a lot of discussion with other ads platforms about the right size of an audience and then how that compares to the amount that you're able to you know, set as your daily budget, that kind of thing. How does that work on LinkedIn? What's a good sized audience? I really like audience sizes between about 20,000 and 80,000. Yeah. If you ask LinkedIn, if you look in their help documentation, they say, oh, every audience should be over 300,000. But <laughs> if, if you look at an audience size of 300,000, there are probably three or four ways that I could break that up into meaningful chunks to learn about that audience. So instead of saying something like, I want to target all marketers, manager and above, I might break that into four separate campaigns, marketing managers, marketing directors, marketing VPs, and C-level. I'm essentially reaching all the same people now. Uh, and even if I put the same two ads into each of those audiences, I'm going to learn something about how, oh, directors have a low click-through rate but are easier to get on the phone than, say, a, a CMO. You get learnings like that that help you decide how to how to bid and and what sort of offers to create in the future. Sure, and it, and then it comes down to not just okay, great, who's going to be the cheapest register, the cheapest audience for me to get registered on my webinar, but it's also then about okay, but I might pay a bit more to get that audience on my webinar, but more I get more of them on the phone, or I close exactly. more of them once I get them on the phone, and therefore, if you think a bit further down your end result, you're able to think actually, I'm happy to pay a hundred dollars per registrant if I get more of those people on the phone and close more of them than if I pay fifty dollars a registrant, but none of them want to join my program. So that's really cool. In terms yeah. of in terms of, we, we briefly touched on it earlier, but I just want to clarify. And then there's a question based on that. Um, does LinkedIn have the ability to do retargeting at all? Or is it, were you just saying it's not quite as good as some of the other platforms? Oh yeah, it's just not quite as effective as Google okay. and, and Facebook's retargeting. Uh, it, 
it's cookie based only, which means they have to land on your page and they can't be an iOS device like, like iPad or iPhone, um, to, to offer or to be able to carry that cookie. The cost per click is still going to be somewhere around three or $4. So it's not like you get a giant discount and that cookie pool evaporates after 90 days. Whereas you compare that with Facebook, Facebook is much cheaper per click. You can stay in front of people basically wherever they are on social media, the cookie pool lasts for 180 days and it's cheap. So I, and it can target any device. So I, I say, um, sure, go ahead and use LinkedIn's retargeting, but make sure that Facebook and or Google are, are there to help make it more efficient. Perfect. So from that then, have you seen much in the way of results from retargeting people who land on a webinar registration page and don't register to try and, I don't know, maybe show them a different video where you overcome some obstacles or something to retarget people back into the webinar? Or is that just not really working? Definitely. It works great, especially if you're going to incorporate Facebook and Google into it. The challenge is that people don't spend a whole lot of time on LinkedIn. So let's say you caught them during week three before your webinar and they clicked on your landing page, they might not come back to LinkedIn for another, you know, one, two or three weeks. And so if you're hoping to reach target in mass and get them another shot at signing up for the webinar, you might miss them on LinkedIn. But imagine that LinkedIn sent the right person to your webinar registration page and then your Facebook and Google retargeting stayed in front of them every day or every other day until the webinar starts. Now we're talking. That's really interesting. You just made a massive, massive penny drop in my head because I thought it was just me who didn't check LinkedIn every single day. And it seems for me what you were just saying there is people tend to sort of log in every few days, every few weeks maybe, which is why, and that makes perfect sense now, doesn't it? That you would you might show some ads to people four weeks out before your event, before your, your webinar in this case, because you want to catch those people that early so you get to see that whole cycle of people. That's really, really fascinating. So I want to know, you're talking about testing different audiences there. And of course, you've also earlier on, before, that, before we played that silly game, we were talking about testing different creative. As one of the like leading agencies on LinkedIn advertising in the world, what do you test first? Do you test the creative first or do you test the audience first? Ooh, I love this question. So uh, our... Uh, our whole strategy behind it is we define the audience in really broad terms first, but in micro-targeted buckets. So in the case of that audience we were talking about that's marketing decision makers, essentially, um, I would immediately in my head know that I'm going to break them into 16 separate campaigns. I'm going to have a uh, manager, director, VP, and C-level of job title. The mm -hmm. same thing for, um, for job function and seniority. The same thing for skill. And the same thing for group. So that's 16 campaigns. And what that means is my audience is all laid out there. And I'm going to run the same two ad creatives in all 16 of those campaigns. Okay, so from the get-go, from that moment we launch, we are testing all of the, that, those 16 campaigns based on audience all against each other with the same creative, the same ad. Exactly. Right. And by what doing this... Okay. And then by doing this, you're going to learn two things. You're going to learn which segment of the population uh, is, uh, is effective, essentially. Like you can look pretty quickly in the first three business days and see your, your click through rates based off of each of those audiences and what your cost per, per click is. Mm -hmm. And so you can immediately say, Ooh, uh, three of those 16 don't look like great audiences at all. Let's kill them. And then you're also understanding, you know, we've split, uh, two different ad creative. Maybe it's, it's, uh, two separate offers you're testing, or maybe it's the same offer with two different, uh, two different, uh, you know, ad copy. Um, 
and you've tested across 16 different audiences, when you roll those up, you can say, ooh, ad creative A tends to win out across the entire account. So you're finding what motivation gets people excited. Mm -hmm. So that's how we start. And then we start pairing things back. Wow. Okay. Now you start switching that creative around. I want to ask you a quick question about what I call advertising excuses. And that is where we come up with excuses for why we should leave that ad testing a little bit longer. Like, oh, but it was the <laughs> weekend. Oh, it was a bank holiday. Oh, it was Christmas. Oh, whatever. How do you, do you ever take any of those, what I would call advertising excuses into account? Or was it like just absolutely not? It's, it's either true or it's false. And that's, and where, where are you at with that? Yeah. The thing with LinkedIn is that weekend traffic tends to perform very different than weekday traffic. So, uh, if I, if someone came to me and said, here's, you know, five days worth of data, what do you think? And two of those days were the weekend. Um, I might look at it and say, Hey, give it one more business day just to see. Um, or if there was a holiday in the mix, same thing, holiday traffic looks like weekend traffic. So I would say if you're worried about your budget and spending only exactly what you need, just make sure you turn it on only during weekdays and uh, get rid of all those excuses. That is massive. Very cool. That's very, very cool. Because it's easy to look at any campaign and go, well, it was a Monday and people are just getting back to work and getting the swing of it. Now you're thinking the Monday to Friday bunch, that's pretty much fair game. I sure think so. And we do know that traffic in Q1 is more effective than, than traffic in Q4. So if you're running a, a business week during the end of December um, and it doesn't work, I might tell you, hey, run the same thing in January and see, see how different it is. But yeah, all of us are going to tend to have excuses as we're, as we're analyzing. Sure. Absolutely. It's really easy to do that and try and read between the lines and actually you're just making things up and rationalizing stuff that you can't make any sense of. <laughs> so cool. I mean, speaking of excuses, there's absolutely no excuse for the kind of behavior that you're about to witness now. Uh, what's, <laughs> I, that was tenuous. I like to interrupt this episode once again for our second and favorite game. Here's how it works, AJ. My colleague Kennedy here. Hello. That's him. He's going to sing a song for you now, but he's going to sing a song in the style of a traditional British pub or club singer, which means that some of the words, all of the words, may be somewhat confused. <laughs> Used or disguised along with the tune and your job your, are you ad-libbing i am your job aj and dear listener at home and grace who's just sat behind this computer it's your job to guess what song kennedy sings <laughs> that, oh, was, man. that was the first line was the first two lines were amazing and then it went I think I, I, think I pulled it back at the end <laughs> well I, I am a listener to the podcast and I have to just preface this by saying I have been wrong on every single one of these in the past congratulations so, <laughs> yeah don't, just you're in like the spotlight the, now AJ yeah that's right okay can I get you to, to do uh, just those no. first two lines one more no, time that was it line. Okay. If it's better to do it, it's a pinch for Bensi. It's a pinch for It's a pinch for That's it. Oh, man. There's something familiar. You think familiar. like it's there? I, I, there's something familiar, but I can't, I can't put my, my finger on it. Uh, I'd look just like her in the hot pants, actually. You would. It was actually Kylie Minogue's The Locomotion. Oh, yes. That's okay. Oh, it's a Camel King yeah. song originally. It was a Carol King song originally. That is well remembered. That's a bit of trivia. A little bit of trivia for you. Unprepared trivia. 
So what? <laughs> let's let's get let's move away from that locomotion. What I'd like to know is we sort of draw draw this episode to a close. I suppose is obviously we've got a great webinar, fantastic. We're going to drive lots of traffic to it, fantastic. What happens after that in terms of you know a lot of us run a, a replay, for example. Do you then say okay, great, we're going to take all the people who registered, didn't register, might have registered, thought about registering, looked at registering, and run an ad to send them into the replay, or are you like, nope, that's it. Now we're just gonna we're gonna have to wait until the next time we run that webinar. Ooh, you know, anytime that someone registers for a webinar, we know that there's about a 50% chance that they're going to no show, but yeah. there was still a reason at the beginning that they raised their hand and said, this is important enough to me to, to register for. Right. So what we've found is don't just reach out to the people who attended the webinar, also reach out to the other people who registered um, because maybe they were just too busy and giving them something like the replay is great. But of course, all of these people, you already have their email address. So you don't need to advertise to them. You've already captured their email and, and it's essentially free to reach out to them. Right. Uh, where there could be value is um, take the retargeting pool of anyone who landed on the landing page but didn't convert. Um, and, and then say, hey, this was an audience who was at least considering us. Maybe the next webinar we do, let's try and hit them again and see if we can get them with a slightly different topic. Great. That's interesting. So send some people to, what, what's, your, what's your opinion, AJ, on the idea of rather than get, just sending people the video recording to watch in their own sort of free time, maybe with some kind of timeout, you've got to watch it in a certain number of days of the actual webinar you did, versus saying, hey, you didn't make it to this one, go register, we're doing it again. Almost like an encore performance. Have you played with that much? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of an interesting marketer here because I, I'm very anti-appearing salesy or pushy uh, or manipulating. Mm -hmm. And so I, I know that there's a whole segment of the digital marketing community who says, you know, artificially create uh, urgency because we know that's how it's, what it's going to take to get someone to take action. And I might recommend that to someone else, but for my own purposes, I wouldn't manufacture urgency just to, just to get conversion rates up. Uh, I would instead go back and say, okay, well, let, that obviously didn't get their attention. Let mm -hmm. me come up with a different topic or, or a different angle on this that I think I can take a second stab at. Right. So, so not what everyone wants to hear, but <laughs> I, yeah, it's the way I roll. Yeah, come and work with me today. Otherwise, I'm closing my business down at midnight tonight and tomorrow. Come and work with me today or I'm closing my business. Down. I'm really sorry. There was so much traffic that you broke the shopping cart. Oops. All that absolute crap. Okay. This has been absolutely amazing. For, I mean, I've learned tons and I'm really inspired and I feel much more like clued up on what I'm to expect when I get in there rather than just being sold the dreams. So I'm loving the transparency from you guys. Obviously, that's all driven, driven from the fact that you guys are doing it. So we'd love to head on and find out a little bit about you in our quick fire round. Hey, you don't want to miss out on more of these fabulous nuggets, do you? Make sure you subscribe to the Three Marketers Podcast now on your podcast player. So first of all, AJ, give us a book that you recommend. Uh, Drive by Daniel Pink. Love that book. It's on the That's shelf a cracking choice. So tell us a little bit about what some of your top success habits are, something you do regularly. Uh, investing in something that may not bring money right now, but, uh, but investing for the future. If you're building something that is not going to crumble tomorrow, uh, you'll never regret you know, spending time and resources on something that will just provide goodwill and get people to come back later. Wow. That's awesome. really inspiring. Can you give us a marketer or an entrepreneur that you really look up to? Ooh. Um, 
you know, I just finished listening to the, the Joe Martinez episode where he essentially said everyone on the PPC chat community on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> and I have to, I have to say the same thing. Love Joe Martinez, love Corey Hankey, Michelle Morgan, um, and a whole bunch of people that I, I haven't named. It's a killer community where everyone just openly shares and everyone is so much smarter than me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they'll say the same about you because I'm not sure that's not true. So what are some of your favorite apps that really run your life? Are you really relying on your, relying on, on your business? Uh, calendly.com. I found early on in my business that I was sending a lot of emails at the end of a Friday saying, Hey, when can you make this Tuesday or Wednesday between these times? And then everyone would respond and I'd double book or triple book the same time. So now I just send out a calendar link and say, Hey, fight for it. If you, if you see it available, grab it. Yeah, we literally run our business. Every meeting, everything goes through Calendly. And if you yes. it right, it's beautiful. You need to come across not as an ass. Like you need to be not like, hey, find a suitable. You know, it needs to be like, hey, this is to be better for you. But it's absolutely awesome. So we do love those guys. A big important question here, AJ. Who do you like more, redhead Rob or platinum haired Kennedy? You know, I, I, I'm a huge fan of gingers uh, because of my own complexion. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, redhead. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Redhead Rob gets another point. Finally, tell us, AJ, where can our listeners find out more about you? Well, I'll share a secret with you. My website is b2linked.com. The letter B, the number two, and the word linked.com. If you fill out a form anywhere on the site, you will not get a sales rep and you will not be put into a marketing automation or newsletter workflow. You go directly to my inbox and I do not sell or apply pressure. So and you call reach yourself out. Exactly. Reach you out with disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope we use that as the little outtake. That's how we get <laughs> over in here. Buddy, it's been so good hanging out. And thank you so much for sharing so much with us. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for the invite. This was so much fun for me. Well, at least I feel a little bit less confused, a little bit less disheartened about the price of my ads when I was given, the, given it a whirl. It's not just that you're crap. It's, I think it's that as well. But right. <laughs> certainly when it comes to that stuff. But just great insight and that idea of just looking at the equation of going actually what's the return I'm getting on this and it's I think it's so easy for any of us to transplant one technique across something else and go well it wouldn't be that much on Facebook for example right. it wouldn't be that on Google ads but it's none of those things you know it isn't those things of course it's not and we have to just as an overarching message is I think all of us have to just sometimes jolt ourselves and go, no, no, but you have to treat it as a separate thing. Right. You're not comparing apples and kiwi fruits, are you? No, 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 we're, th no, we're not comparing apples and kiwi fruits, Robert, are we? No. Where are no bananas in sight. Uh, if you'd like to catch up on the show notes and find out a bit more about the detail of what AJ said, you can go to blog.responsesweek.com forward slash zero six nine. We're also celebrating brand new listeners. If you're a new listener, if this is your first episode or you've just snuck in and you haven't left us a review yet, we would absolutely love to read one of your reviews out on the show, but also we love reading your reviews. So wherever you're currently listening to this podcast, please leave a comment, leave a review on that site, and we will take a look at every single one. We do read every single one, and we, we choose one to read out pretty much every single show. So thank you for doing that, and welcome aboard the new listeners. It's a real joy and a pleasure to have you here. Otherwise, we've got it's just a, me speaking to him. We've got another amazing episode coming up for you next week, so really excited to share that yes, with you. So, we'll see you right back here, same time, same place, next week for episode 70. Ta-ra! Don't miss a thing. Check out the show notes at blog.responsesweek.com.